it's the next level. Dude, I gotta say, I didn't think we were gonna get through the night. And I wasn't even here for that baby-stealing part. I can assure you it was very exciting. It's about time things are finally returning to normalness. Oh, crap. Welcome, folks, into another episode of We Have to Go Back, a Lost Revisited podcast from the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Podcastica Network, I am Kristen Howell. Uh, This week, we are covering Season 2, Episode 3, Orientation of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited. Yes. And uh, this is going to be a very interesting one for me because I am a big fan of this episode. I love this episode. So much so that uh, I have watched it twice. Uh, As I mentioned last week, I was going to do my first initial viewing as a fan again, and then my second for notes. And I was so engrossed in the episode again the second time that I did not take that many notes. (laughs) (laughs) So this is going to be very interesting. And I know I say this almost every week, but no lie, because the way this episode ends... This was the hardest one for me to not want to keep going. I wanted to jump into the next episode. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's funny is that I just finished... I just finished this episode uh, about, I don't know, 20 minutes before we started recording. And I've forgotten why why that would be already. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Well, I mean... Is it just because he... He pressed execute? He he presses execute, and then it's literally John sitting down and saying, I'll take the first shift. Oh, yeah. And then it goes to Lost, the, the title yeah. card, and that's it. It's funny, because I'm more interested in what's happening with uh, the other group. <laughs> oh, I am too. I'm definitely in, in, intrigued in that as well, but it's... This there's just so much that happens in this episode. It, mm-hmm. It's there's a line in this episode that is spoken that is very true to point for this episode is uh, we're gonna have to watch that again. Yeah, that I remember <laughs> the first time I saw that, I thought that that was so good. He's like, well, we're gonna have to watch that again. Yeah, and he just immediately sets it back up, and he just cannot understand why Jack is like, no, we don't need to watch that again. He's like, what? What do you mean? No, you're going to watch this, right? Yeah, and that's exactly how I feel about it, too, is I, well, I'm going to have to watch that episode again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but for those of you that are new to the podcast or just need a refresher, uh, one episode of the show we is what we discuss per episode of the podcast, podcast release every Friday. So you will be hearing this on Friday, uh, the 25th of January is when this one will be releasing. And this is a spoiler full podcast. So we will not only be giving you spoilers of the episode, obviously, but spoilers from potentially the future of the series as well. So if this is your first time watching the show along with us, we apologize ahead of time. Yeah, not really. <laughs> not really. Sorry, not sorry. Um, but what do you say we jump into things and we jump into our top five 
points, bullet points of the episode. I will kick it over to you as I usually do to start us off. Um, okay, thanks. Um, so like I said, this episode, I was a lot more interested in what was kind of going on with Sawyer and Jin and Michael, just because we have like a whole mystery about all these people that are are that have just now appeared. And we get the arrival of Anna Lucia. Um, you know, I, I loved the way that they used Anna Lucia, um, in this, in this scene to first learn about the other people because it signifies that they're not others. Um, like we would be led to believe in this moment if you hadn't seen the whole, the whole, um, series already, because we saw her with Jack, um, in the finale of season one. So we see her and I love the way that, that Michael like lifts up her hair and says, it's a girl. It's like, (laughs) yeah, it's a girl. It's not your first time seeing a woman, dude. It was just real. It's a funny way that he said it. Um, And so we kind of get her story a little bit. And maybe we're led to believe that at first that she was taken prisoner by scary big man um, with the, with, with the big pit. And then when she finally gets led up and you see Mr. Echo say, who are they? What happened? Then you realize, okay, she is with a group of people and these probably are the other survivors. So now you just need everybody. Now you're left at the end of, of this episode with all of this happening. Like, I think you all kind of need to talk to each other real fast. <laughs> just have a, have a conversation. It'll be fine. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's interesting the way that whole situation plays out is because you're right. It's done from their point of view. It's pretty genius to, you know, to throw her in there. And this is a character who over the course of the show we have met already because we did meet Anna Lucia in the season finale of season one. Uh, and, you know, as somebody who was in the airport talking to Jack, we the next time we see her now is in this pit mm-hmm. and it's revealed to her. It's revealed to, you know. Uh, Sawyer, Michael, and Jin, that she is a tail end survivor. She knows about Flight 815. She's the first person to bring that up, so she isn't led into that information, isn't fed to her for her to use against them. So as a viewer, you are aware that, and you've seen her already in the airport, as I mentioned before. So as a viewer, you are aware that she was on the plane. You know she mm-hmm. is a survivor of this plane crash. And you're right, we don't know who any of these other people are. And the story is told so well that as a first-time viewer, you do honestly believe that they could be others because the situation is portrayed, you know, that well. And Mm -hmm. they make Echo look like he should be somebody who's a native to this island. He is real scary looking. (laughs) And because at this point, we don't know who the others are. I mean, we Uh know... We don't know if they're natives. We don't know if they're Dharma Initiative. So if they could literally just be natives to this island, like the way they make Echo look. Did you catch Bernard and Libby? Uh, yeah, I did. Well, it's funny because we talked about this last week in that, you know, Adewale's name was in the credits of mm-hmm. last week's episode. And then you see the silhouette of Echo by the end. But this week when they showed the previously on, it's very clear that it is Echo. Mm-hmm. This time, it's not a silhouetted person this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get to meet, we don't know his name yet in, in the series, but we do see more of Echo this time around. Well, and we know that he speaks English now. 
I mean, we don't even know like if he could speak English or where they are. I mean, he looks extremely native. Yeah. So if if you don't know who the others are and you see this guy who's like basically wearing, you know, bamboo and leaves and ripped up pants and he looks like a wild man and he has big old stick. I mean, I'd be led to believe, okay, he's a native. Yeah. Where am I? Yeah, like, exactly. Really honestly, where am I? Now I'm really asking. <laughs> um, you know, for all they know, they're on a different island. Who knows? Right? Yeah. I mean, they came in from a different part of the island. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so we also know that she really was in the back of the plane because in the finale, she told Jack that she was in, what What did she say? 42F I think, or something Yeah, like 42, because it was one of the seat, it was right. one of the, the numbers. Right. And so that would be the back of the plane, 42. Um, so she's not lying by what she's saying. She's lying by omission. Yeah. Right. She knows who she's with. She's leading who she's with. Um, but she probably did wake up underwater. She probably did go, you know, to shore. Um, she just didn't say that she was with other people and, you know, we're going to see in what, like three episodes, the other 48 days. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And we get the whole story of what happened to them and what happened to them is way worse than what happened to our group of survivors, the Losties, the Losties versus the Tailies. Well, cons- it, yeah, there's definitely their story is you're right, is definitely a lot worse. And I think if if memory serves me correctly, we do find out. Um, that everything she did say about being hit in the head by, you know, a hard shell suitcase and, and waking up underwater. I think in that episode, the other 48 days, we do find out all of that yeah. is true. Yeah. She doesn't lie to them. She just doesn't tell them that she admits she's with the group because she doesn't know if they're lying to her. Yeah. She omits certain information. And maybe she was going to be cool with them until Sawyer brought out the gun. And she's like, how on earth did you get a gun? So now all of a sudden she's skeptical again, right? Well, well, you think about it from they're they're approaching, you know, Echo and Anna Lucia and Libby and that group are approaching Michael, Jin and Son or Michael, Jin and Sawyer the same way these guys did Rousseau and anybody else that they would have met. Like they could have been infiltrated by people that were already on this island, uh, you know, the same way that um, – Oh God, his name is blanking completely from my head now. Um, the one that Charlie e- killed, Ethan. Yeah, Ethan. The same way that e- Ethan infiltrated them with the information that he had, this could be the same situation for these guys, right. because they, right. because as we do find out later, they were in fact infiltrated the same way. Mm-hmm. So this could just be a new. These could just be more people infiltrating their group. They have right. reasons to be skeptical about these people. We just don't know that yet. Right. Right. So, yeah, it is. It's a whole interesting situation how everything in that pit played out. And then mm-hmm. as a first time viewer, when that moment arises, when she takes the gun from Sawyer and Echo helps her out and they slam the gate down on on the three of them, you you're left to wonder like, okay, what the hell is going on? Are these other survivors? Is she in with the others now? Like you don't know yet at this point. Yeah. I think I would, I would assume that they are, that they are collectively other survivors. Um, 
just by echo, echo saying what happened, who are they? I think that that says that, you know, they're just as confused and worried as perhaps um, our group of survivors would be at this point. Okay. All right. That makes sense. That makes sense. But I, I also think as, as somebody, again, as a first-time viewer, I don't think – this is just me personally. I don't know about anybody else. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was analyzing things like that as much. I think I was still left to a lot of the mystery. So, But that was mm-hmm. just the way I looked at it. I, you know, Because at the time, it, overanalyzing of shows wasn't a thing yet. I, I think it started with Lost, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, I I know that I talked a lot about Lost, especially when I realized that it was kind of like a puzzle because I've always because uh, I love puzzles. Um, so I think you know season two really kicks off a series of mysteries, and so when you're introduced to this other next set of mysteries, you know that at this point it's for a reason, and they're probably not what they seem. Yeah. Initially, just like Desmond wasn't the crazy person that they that we all thought that he would that he was um, in the first episode of season two. He's really kind of a sane guy. He has just been thrown in an insane situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's for sure true. So as sane uh, as Desmond can get, I get. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's it's funny that you bring that up because um, uh, that can move us on to to my number five. <clears throat> okay. And that is Desmond. Uh, <clears throat> and I I can't say I blame him. First opportunity he gets, Desmond abandons his post. I would I would fly out of there so quick. <laughs> yep. You you've got okay. Not only one replacement, you've got a whole group of replacements now. In that before you leave that hatch, you've got Jack, you've got Locke, and you've got Kate. You've mm-hmm. got three people who could, you know, take your place now instead of just one replacement. We also find out that he's been there for over three years. Just about, <clears throat> I think, a little over three years. More, more than more than 540 days. Yes. And he was there because he was doing that solar boat race around the world in which we find out that was also what he was trained. He talked to Jack about initially in the flashback. That was what he was training for. He was training for a race around the world. We now found out because of this, because of that story that he is, that was the race that he was on that led him to that island. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I, I I would not blame Desmond one single bit that the first opportunity you have to get out of there and get as far away from that place as possible, you do it, especially because of the fact of what happens to the computer. And that is, you know, a bullet going through and frying the computer. You think mm-hmm. the world is ending. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where running to running away from it and being stuck on that island is going to get you. But um, well, he has a plan. He does, which we find he has out a, a little plan. He, yeah, he, I mean, he has he, an escape has route. A, he knows exactly where he's going. He knows what he's going to do. He's got a plan. Um, you know, we're just not um, privy to it. But, you know, also in the trivia, this was Desmond was supposed to be this was supposed to be his only episodes. 
that Desmond's character was supposed to be done after this. And um, he got such a great response that they actually brought him back for the finale of season two. And then he became, you know, major, major character after that. Yeah, because we don't see him again for a while. Not until the finale. Yeah. I knew it was later this season. I didn't realize it was that late. I didn't realize mm-hmm. it was it was uh, the finale of it, which is mm-hmm. uh, Live Together, Die Alone. Yeah, and that's where we're going to learn a lot about Kelvin, and we're going to learn a lot about kind of what happened with Kelvin and Desmond and how they are uniquely linked to uh, Oceanic Flight 815. Yeah. Live Together, Die Alone is another fantastic finale. I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> I if you want that I the moment is it is that the episode well where the others like all show up and they say light them up and yes oh yeah that moment favorite moments of the whole series because I remember I was so it at that point I was sold into the show I was ride <laughs> or die into the show I was done I wanted I wanted and and it was the finale I was so pissed (laughs) that was my episode that was my ride or die episode for this show yeah uh, that was it was one of those one it was one of those moments too and there's a couple that we'll we'll get to it throughout the the run of this series but that was another one where uh yeah where they left you hanging for way too long what a great what a great i want it to be right now (laughs) (laughs) well let's just skip the rest of season two and go right into no it doesn't Uh, matter let's just do it (laughs) but it's it's also um you know leads into i think what season three is when they do um was when they took the the hiatus because of the writer's strike and there's a particular episode in that season that did the same thing to me too, as, mm-hmm. as that, as that finale yeah. did. Yeah. Just really, I mean, really, they really hit their stride, I think, um, by the end of season two and, and they were chugging along for a good bit. Um, so yeah, but Desmond, Desmond running away, you cannot blame that guy for running away. I love it that he packed those vials too. I'm like, what What are you doing, dude? You, you know, nobody's sick. You're about to get some sun. Like, leave leave the shots alone. You don't need them. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, it, but Go you also have- a couple tubs of the ranch dressing because Hurley is about to drink it. Well, Save you all- him from himself. <laughs> well, but you also <laughs> don't, you also have to remember from Desmond's point of view, he was told that, he had to go out on that. Uh, anytime he left that hatch, uh, as we'll find out later with, you know, when we meet Kelvin and everything that you had to be in like safety suits because they were led to believe that if you left, you were going to get sick. So oh, he, he that, took that but, for his own safety. But then he learned, you know, how long that everybody else had been there. Nobody's sick. Everything's fine. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, how much of that, do you really believe? I mean, he, I I would go insane for being alone, even if it even if I was only alone for forty days. That's forty days where you don't sleep more than an hour at a time. Yeah. Uh, because of this button that he has to press alone. Um, you know, that's enough to make somebody go, you know, on the brink of brink of their own sanity. I yeah. would say and stretch it for three years. And you're going to show exactly, you understand well, exactly. What, well, it wasn't three he years. He wasn't alone for three years. He was alone for 40 days. Was it just 40 days? Yes. Would, would you want me to 
No, no, I believe you, but for I must have missed that in both Calvin, times I viewed. Kelvin died the day of the plane crash. Uh, oh, that's right. Okay, nope, you're absolutely right. Because that was that was the re- oh yeah that was the reason for the crash. Yeah. So sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Spoiler. No, I'm apologizing okay. for the for the listeners, but um, most I of our tried, listeners. I watched tried not to. I know. I, I, sorry. <laughs> we warned him in the beginning. It's fine. We did. We did. We did. <laughs> Uh, uh, my number, my number four is actually Desmond running away. So I'm glad that you brought that up. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then that worked out. So, yeah. well, I really loved the conversation that Desmond and Jack had. Oh yeah. Well, it, you know, it because that kind of turns Jack around a little bit, and it, it's he still wants to play that hard ass when he gets back to the hatch, but. By the fact that he knew what the final number was and gives it to Locke when they're back in the hatch, you knew that Desmond listened or that Jack listened to Desmond. Like he actually heard the words Desmond was saying. He didn't let it go in one ear and out the other because Jack was being a hard ass and didn't care about what Desmond said. He actually listened to him. Don't you think it's interesting, though, that he didn't put together the fact that Hurley just talked, just talked about winning the lottery with these numbers and seeing it on the side of the hatch. And now Desmond said these numbers, like that's three separate times that he's heard these numbers um, in a short amount of time. Well, I mean, but- the hatch just exploded. This is all like maybe six within six hours of each other, maybe less, probably 108 minutes. Well, uh, yeah, but I, I also think because it's kind of, I think that's one of the reasons why Jack was so willing to kind of accept it a little bit was because I think in his mind, he's hearing these things subconsciously. He's hearing these numbers again. So there has to be a little believability to it. I guess. I don't know. Because, I mean, he told he told Hurley, they're just numbers. And then he sees that the numbers are a part of this button that he that is eventually going to become like a part of his extended self. So I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's adrenaline. It's a, maybe it's just a lapse or, or something, but I, I would just assume that you, you come in and you say, no, the, you know, the last number is 42 and, and every, and I just don't understand why nobody's talking about that yet. <laughs> It's just beyond me. Yeah. I, I, but I think it's also interesting to touch on, too, the conversation between Desmond and Jack when Desmond finally remembers who Jack is, remembers the entire story about the woman that he was trying to save, and Jack kind of breaking down and saying it, – it's, it's interesting that Jack's response isn't like, yes, I saved her. He goes right to I married her. I think he married her because he saved her. Well, I think I think to go into I I agree with you, but I think to go into a little bit more to go into that a little deeper is I think she represented um almost a miracle to Jack. And he was too afraid to let that go. Hmm. And that's why he married her. And I think that's also one of the reasons why it kind of didn't work out in the end. Because again, let's not let's not forget. This is only three years time. In that three years, he saved her life, he married her, and he's also separated from her. 
And now he's on the island. And he's been on the island for 40 days. So it's... I, I, I think I think you're right. I think he did marry her because he saved her. But I think it's because she symbolizes something to Jack. Yeah, I can see that. But I just find it interesting that in that conversation, when Jack expresses it, he doesn't express, yes, I saved her. He goes right to, I married her. Yeah, I, you know, that, I mean, I, my mind would be reeling if I ran into this guy that, you know, I ran into, uh, it's, it's just the two weird coincidences and he's on this lost island and, and he sees this guy that was there right before he found out that another miracle was taking place in his life. I don't know. It, it would freak me out. Well, again, I think that's also one of the reasons that lead us to Jack being so free about the numbers towards the end of the episode is you've now got two things. You've got these numbers that are reoccurring and you've got this, this man that you gotta, you can't write it off as coincidence that you just happen to end up on this Island with him. That's if that's Mm. coincidence, that's very, very rare coincidence. Mm hmm. So it's, you know, it, it's going to be, and it's funny too, that because when you brought up the trivia about Desmond's character and how he was only supposed to be in this episode and th- they liked him so much, they wrote him back in. I actually didn't know that about, um, about Ian's character, Desmond. I knew that about Michael Emerson playing Ben because mm-hmm. Ben is also another character who was only supposed to be in, I think two or three episodes and then done and ended up being extremely important for the remainder of the series. So as is Desmond. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of funny how the, the writers were able to take this story and adapt it so well to take these, these small insignificant, these characters that were supposed to be relatively insignificant or have very little significance to the story and turn them into such so much bigger proponents to this story mm-hmm. because you yeah. look back at everything and I don't think this story would have played out this, the series and the story it told would have played out the same way without Desmond and without Ben. I, I would agree with that, but you know, it's also an argument for other people that hated how this show turned out that, to yeah. say, see, they didn't know, but you know, it's okay to have a direction for the show and to adapt it as you go along. That's, you know, that's character development and that's adapting to, you know, some good stuff that's happening that maybe you can add in or adjust your vision a little bit. And I think that that's okay. Yeah. I mean, you look at the way stories have to adapt anytime, uh, you know, a, a, an actor unfortunately passes away in the process of a series and you have to adapt to that or West Wing is a yeah, big example. That's of a that. great example of that. Um, they adapted the ending of West Wing because of John Spencer's death. Yeah. Well, you the look, ending, the series ending. Yeah. But you also look at a show like um uh I think it's I think it was Seven Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. Uh oh, yeah. with um uh John Oh my god, why can't I think of his name? John Ritter. John Ritter mm-hmm. who was the lead of that series. And All I could think about was Leguizamo, and I knew it was wrong, so I, I didn't want to. <laughs> I was like, mm. uh, you know, John Ritter, who was the lead of that series, who passed away in the in the course of recording it, and you know, they adapted it to bring in 
uh, to bring in somebody who played the grandfather. And funny enough, an interesting tie-in to that story, Katie Seagal, who we meet for the first time as Helen in this episode, was the mother in Ten Rule and you know Seven Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. I love Katie Seagal. I love her so so much. I I forgot that she was on this show, and and uh, when I saw her. When I saw her in this episode, I, it all came flooding back, and I was like, yes! Well, she's another <laughs> character who is very important, and I'll use this, actually, as my number four. Okay. Um, she's a very – she and number four, basically, we're just going to talk a little bit about John's backstory because, God, his – every time – at this point in the series as a first-time viewer, and even now in multiple multiple views, I love it when we get more of John's backstory. Mm-hmm. Because his Me character too. is so intriguing. And, you know, we're seeing him in some kind of a meeting now, which I don't think it's ever established what kind of this is. It's not AA. It's anger management. That's what I'm that's what I was and it says so in the background on a little placard. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't paying attention to that. Um, but yeah, he gets to meet Helen in, in this series. And Helen is another character who is kind of reoccurring, but I don't think we're going to see her again in a full capacity until the final season. Uh, yeah, she's only on four episodes, I think, total. Okay. And I think the last three are the last season. I don't think we see her. Maybe we see her one more time between now and then, but she is... She she's in the final season. I know that for sure. Yeah, she's in a flash sideways. Um, she's in a flash forward kind of or a return when they all go back. Um, and yeah, and then she's in the flashback. OK. All right. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, she's somebody who, you know, we're seeing a character in in the present day in John Locke and somebody who's willing to take as he calls them these leaps of faith like he's willing to go with the way things are supposed to be let destiny take its course and i think in helen we're meeting the person who kind of led him on that path because up until that point he was he needed answers like he he needed to he absolutely needed to know why his father anthony took his kidney why he was conned by his father he this is a man who needed answers a completely different John Locke than who we know now as somebody who, you know, some as he said numerous times, you know, we've been led here. Like this is this is the way things are meant to be. So these are two completely different characters in in John, and I think Helen is probably the catalyst behind that. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I this was actually my number one oh, was right. um was talking about um John and Jack specifically. Um, oh, I have that and, as as my number their, one as well. Well, yeah. and their leap of faith. So you know when you talk about how John Locke was somebody who needed answers, um, much like Jack always needs answers right now on the island and in all of his flashbacks and uh, you know. He is somebody who is just very scientifically minded and he needs proof because he's, you know, at his very core, he is, he's a doctor, he's a scientist. Um, You see John Locke, who is so angry over what's happened to him that he needs answers and he's so locked into it that he can't see two inches in front of his face because of his need for those answers. And like Helen is that catalyst for him to take that leap of faith and to let go and to actually trust 
trust in the unknown, I think that John Locke, in a sense, kind of helps Jack get there. And at the end of this episode, as we see John Locke taking his leap of faith with um, Helen, we see Jack taking his leap of faith by pressing that but that execute button. And it's almost as if John is passing that on. Yeah, I think so. And and John smiles um, because I think he's been able, I think he thinks that he's doing for Jack what Helen did for him. And maybe that's how he's passing it on or, or who knows, right? Um, or maybe he's just remembering Helen in this moment and he thinks he's done a good thing. I mean, we know that this is not the last of the rivalry between Jack and John, um, but it's definitely a big moment between the two of, of these men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And his sure. past and, and Helen is a big is a big part of that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so are you in that? Are you using your number? Your number one is your number three. Well, because <laughs> we're getting kind totally of, out of order, but it's it's fine. Oh, I don't care. Yeah. Um, kind of. I mean. Yeah, sure. I mean, Helen was. <laughs> Helen and John and Jack and they they're they're all littered in my top five. So sure, we'll yeah, have that be my it, three. I don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a weird one because we are our 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 top five are kind of blending together, and I think we got to make it aware too that at at this point, top five doesn't necessarily mean in that particular order because it never no, it no. never turns out that way. And that's never how it is for me either in, you know, either of my podcasts. I I think, you know, some people like to talk about what what they want to talk about the most right away. And some people save it for the end. And sometimes it just organically comes in a conversation. And I think all of those answers are perfect. Yeah. And when you save it for the end, you take the risk of somebody else taking it before you. Yeah, but who cares, yeah, you know, because exactly. you still get to talk about it. And that's that's why I love doing this is because I just love talking about this. And, you know, this is such a it's such a good episode for um, skeptics and for and for people with a lot of faith and trust, because um, you see just how how woven together those those two feelings really are. I mean, you you can't have faith without first, I think, being a skeptic or you can't have faith or you can't be a skeptic without at one time having some faith. Yeah. You know? No, I, I, <clears throat> I agree with that. I think, I think going forward, we'll just call them our five points. Uh, okay. We won't call them top five. We'll just call them five points for the point. For um, but, you know, talking about like a good episode for skeptics and faith, uh, you know, my, my third one is going to be actually uh, a character who's, we haven't really mentioned yet. We've mentioned him as part of this episode, but we haven't mentioned him in the whole, uh, you know, skeptic or faith aspect is Saeed. You know, I love Saeed. We see Saeed brought in uh, to the hatch along with Hurley, which we get one of our favorite moments. Well, naturally, no, I take that back. We will get that uh, next, next week, next episode with Everybody yeah. Hates Hugo, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is just a fun episode altogether. Yeah. But it's... It's a fun episode, and it's a, just a wonderful episode in the way that it ends and such, and I love it. But, you know, we see Saeed brought in because we know that this computer that, you know, resets this clock needs to be fixed. Saeed is the first person that they think of who knows how to fix a computer. And, you know, there's an interesting interaction between him and John in John saying, like, you haven't even asked me why you need to fix it. And Saeed just, well, I'm assuming it has something to do with that clock that's ticking down. And, you know, 
I, I'm not even going to ask. This is just, I've obviously it needs to be done. So I'm going to do it. He's a, I'll, I'll do the job, ask questions later kind of person. And that, yeah. that shows well, in the situation that he's able to prioritize. He's like, I don't need the answers right now. I, we just need to fix the clock problem and the computer problem. And then we'll talk about what this all is. But first, let's just take the initial problem out of the way. And, you know, Saeed is always the level head. He's always the guy that comes in and he's like, okay, look, the two of you need to stop peeing on each other and <laughs> claiming to be the leader. Let's just fix this and then talk about it later. You know, I... I I'm so thankful for Saeed as well, a character. I, I wouldn't oh I wouldn't say that Saeed is always the level head because he's had his moments too. But for the most part, yes, yeah, he is okay, the level head. He's had his moments just like any, you know, rational human would. But, you know, you look at Locke and Jack and the two of them are like, you know, they, they're just. Oh, they're whipping out their junks at any point that they can to to compare. Like that's Yeah, I mean, they spill their emotional guts in so many different ways. By the end of it, you're like, "Come on, guys, stuff it in." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like spend 10 minutes thinking before you talk. Just try it. Well, I mean, and you're right. You know, Saeed sees that clock counting down and he's like, well, look, let's take it one step at a time. And you're right. With a level head, he's the person that can say, if I spend too much time trying to ask questions as to why we need to do this, we run out of time for the problem to actually be fixed. So let's fix the problem first since that's under a time constraint. And then we'll talk about why I did this. Right. You know, and, and then there's Jack, on the other hand, who's like, no, we're not going to fix this. I need answers first. In the meantime, the clock is ticking down. And by the time you finally get the answers you need, you might not have any time left. And see, that that's that's just Jack in a nutshell, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it is. No, Jack you're does, absolutely Jack right. just does not see anything around him until his personal uh, mission is accomplished. You know, he, he, I think he hides behind, you know, everybody wants something from me and it's hard to make the leader decisions. Not nah, dude, you're not acting like a leader more than half the time. Um, you know, neither, neither is Locke. I mean, Locke's on his own personal mission as well. You know, he thinks that he's the one of the island because the island wants something from him. I mean, I really think that you know, when, when he starts yelling, what do you want me to do? You know, what, what am I supposed to do? And he's like kind of yelling it out into the ether when he's by himself. You know, you can see that his crisis of faith is the fact that he thinks that he's been put on this island for a reason. You know, everybody else is just like, how do we get off this island? And, you know, John doesn't want to leave. And then you have Jack who just wants to make sure everybody knows he's in charge without really doing much about it i i don't know and you know jack just yells at everybody <laughs> he and does. then he cries he's cried more than i think any other character so far um yeah i i think there's i think there's some truth to that <clears throat> i really do think there's, there's some truth to that i that's not anything i've sat and thought about but yeah i i can't deny your claim that he's cried more than anybody else Des can. <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah, I can't wait to hear the feedback for that one. Um, all right, what's your um, your number two? My number two. Well, let's talk about the video. Oh, that was going to be my number one, but let's do it. We'll combine. Okay. We'll make this both our number twos because there so is a lot to break down in this video. So holy shit. 
Holy shit. <clears throat> I, you know what? It, of course you need to watch it again, Jack. Of course you need to watch it again. I had to press pause a couple times just to make sure I wrote everything down, you know, the way that I was supposed to. We get a lot of names. We get a, 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 a name for the hatch. You get this thing called the Dharma Initiative all of a sudden that, you know, this logo's popping up everywhere now. You know, you have scientists, electromagnetic. You've got uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Marvin Hanzo. You've got the DeGroots. Um, you've got I mean, Dr. Marvin Candle, and it's funny because in my notes I put "meet Dr. Marvin Candle?" Question mark. It is. It is <laughs> just one of those. Just it, it. There's so much information, and if you're a casual viewer or just like a week to week fan of the show, you're like, okay, well, you know, you don't take it all in. You're just like, oh, okay, Dharma Initiative probably is all you're going to take with you and and a picture of a swan. That's it. Um, but when you really look at this, I mean, you've got – oh, and so they name Skinner, right? And then there's like a real weird sound and a skip in the video, right? And so it, it leads me to believe that this video has been edited. Oh, um, we know for a fact it's been edited. Right, but that's that's your hint that it's yes. been edited is what I'm saying. Um, you know, you learn that there was an incident. Well, the incident was Jack. <laughs> uh, which, well, we're getting way ahead of ourselves too, but again, exactly, spoilers, but, it's but you're right. What I'm saying it, is that it's kind of like and I just I just podcasted on the door episode of Game of Thrones. So I'm in a you know, brand is brand is brand is brand kind of <laughs> loop yep. mood. And so, you know, it, it's nice that this is the episode that follows my my whole dissection of that episode because it's like, oh, Jack is Jack is Jack is Jack, right? So you're just like, well, the ink is dry. The past has already been written. <laughs> well, yeah, but well, because you're right, too. It's one of those situations where, you know, we're hearing about this incident that now causes them to have to push this button every 108 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it. We know we as viewers who have seen the whole series know what putting pushing the button does. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a mental test, as Jack says? Is there a purpose behind it? We already know the answers as, as people who watched it. But you're absolutely right. It's one of those things that when you're first time viewer of the series, you have no inclination whatsoever. There is not a thought in your mind that the incident that they are talking about was actually caused by Jack. It, I, it's, it's such a mind fuck. I seriously, I, I <laughs> really, it, it's just one of those things where you're like, huh? Okay. Well, there, you know, uh, well, once, I mean, once, if, you, if, if, once you know the whole story, right? I mean, it, it, this is kind of like the fun introduction to, Hey, we're about to blow your mind. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you want to be completely correct it's if you want to be technical about it the incident was actually juliet well but it was it was jack's plan (laughs) right to do this that caused the incident it was juliet that caused it who is another character you have not met yet you will not until i think next season um but yes she is she was the one that caused it, but the initial plan that caused this incident was Jack's idea. The actual events of the incident is 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 a is a scene that 
to this day has stuck with me in my heart. Um, but that's, that's neither here nor there. I thought it was also interesting that don't use the computer for anything else. Uh, that was also kind of a little doctored there, but we do see that maybe everybody should have watched this video to know not to use the computer for <laughs> anything else. Yes, because there is a particular person who's going to use this computer later. Um, yep. and it's not going to work out very well. No, it's not. So maybe everybody, if you wanted to push the button, if you wanted to go inside the swan, maybe everybody should have watched the video first. Everybody. It Don't should be. I mean, it, the computer. It's called orientation for a reason. If, right, if you're exactly. going to bring people into this and, and you think of all people that would be smart enough to do this, it would be Locke. Because, you know, he knows this video, he's seen it, he ends up watching it a number of times, and he's the one person that's bringing, you know, they, now Saeed is in on it, Hurley is in on it, Locke, uh, Kate's already in it, Kate's Jack's in, in it, on it. Yep. you know, and John Locke and Jack are the only people who have watched this video. Yeah, I know. You know, if if you're going to bring them into the hatch, (laughs) I mean, and we do know that other people come into it. Charlie comes into it at a later time. Um, Michael Michael comes into it. We know that, and this is getting ahead, but Mr. Echo becomes a part of it at a point. Um, Libby, Anna Lucy, like, like these are all characters that are going to be part of this. They start using it as a jail. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, the whole, I, I mean, I'm just saying like, I just think maybe, maybe that, and and it was such an, an aside moment in the video. But when I, when I heard it, when I was watching it the first time around, I was like, I forgot that they said, don't use the computer. (laughs) (laughs) But it, you know, I want to go back to one of the things that I had mentioned uh, earlier on too, about how I put dot meet Dr. Marvin candle question mark, because he is the scientist that introduces himself in the orientation video. However, um, he is not exactly who we're thinking that he is, um, because he is a character that we are going to meet multiple times throughout the run of this series, and he actually has different names almost every time you meet him. Well, that sounds right. Well, I mean, like we, we he does have a real name, and we do find out what that is at one point. I think into. Um. Uh, God, it goes. It goes later. I think season three or four is when we will finally meet the real version of him. But we do see more of these videos pop up throughout the run of the series. He is the commentator in them, and he is every time we see these videos, he has a different name. Uh. Pierre Chang, I think, is his real name. Marvin Candle, Edgar Hallowax. Like, there are a number of different names that this guy uses. <laughs> so, we've met him, but we haven't Come on, met man. him. We met him, but we haven't met him yet. Mm-hmm. That's the most interesting interesting thing I can say about his character. Well, and I, I remember the first time that I actually saw that, that we saw him, like, not on a video. And I'm like, <gasps> I was really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to look up. I, I I'm trying to see exactly how many names he has. Um, oh, oh well, it's, it's Doctor Marvin Candle, Doctor Mark uh, Wickman, and Doctor Edgar Hallowax are the three that he uses in the videos. 
But Pierre Chang is his real name, which we'll find <laughs> out later. Oh, I love that guy. Um, at the end of the video, did he say namaste? Yes, he did. Okay. Yes. I, I, I had it as a question. I said, did he just say namaste? Yes, he did. Because everything, that whole video is so funny. How it's like, and you're just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I think another interesting thing to note about the video is a particular animal that we see in it. Other than a swan? Was it a polar bear? It was a polar bear. It was a polar bear. Yeah. I remember. Yep. Zo when they said zoology. Yep. Yeah. We see uh, meteorology, zoology, um, I think. Um, Parapsychology. Parapsychology. And then there's one other one, too, that just it comes across a little weird. But we do find out that there are more. Uh, I th I'm trying to remember exactly how many stations there are. Um. Oh, I don't know. I know that this one station is station three. Uh, six. There's six stations. Um, yeah, the Hydra, the Arrow, the Swan, the Flame, the Purge. There's more than that. Holy crap. Yeah, there's a lot more. The six that are known, the Hydra, the Arrow, the Swan, the Flame, the Pearl, the Orchid. There's also the Staff, the Looking Glass, the Tempest, and the Lamp Post. The Lamp Post being off the island. The looking glass is the um, lighthouse, isn't it? It is the, um, no, the looking glass is the underwater station. Man, I need, I, we need, <laughs> we need to get back into it. Okay. We, we've gone completely off track. Yeah. Here. But you know, we're, yeah, we're like spoiling the whole series at this point. Um, well, sorry. Kind of. Maybe that, it'll, you know what? Maybe it'll intrigue first time viewers to be like, well, I got to watch this. <laughs> what do you mean? Jack is the incident. Who's Juliet? What, <laughs> what do you mean that there's more, that there's more stations? What's a looking glass? What's a lamppost? What's a pearl? Who's the Dharma initiative? <laughs> um, all right. Well, that brings us to our number ones then, uh, to our last bullet points of it. And so uh, what do you, what do you got left? What's your number one? Yeah, well, it's not really much of a number one. It was <laughs> after after all that. It was just um, it was just me talking about Sawyer's cowboy error. He was just being such a cowboy, trying to be like, "We're gonna save your life. This is your lucky day, pretty lady. I got a gun," you know. And um, I think that if Sawyer didn't do that, maybe they wouldn't have ended up in the pit at the end of this episode. <laughs> um. I don't know if they wouldn't have been. T I don't know if they would have been taken out of the pit. Um, I don't think he would have been pistol whipped, uh, for sure. I, I think that was something he. I, I think well, he without a gun, yeah, you can't get pistol whipped. So well, that's, yeah, that's a great observation. <laughs> Shut up. I mean, <laughs> I think if he hadn't have whipped out the gun, I think Sawyer's issue was that, and rightfully so. Um, I think he was a little too trusting too quickly of Anna Lucia um, to reveal that he had that gun. I think that was a, um, I, I think that was a, uh, an ace in the hole he should have kept to himself. You know, though, those three characters didn't really directly deal with Ethan the way that Charlie, Jack, and Kate and Locke did. Um, so I think it's easy to, I think it's easy to forget that they hadn't been burned the way that maybe Anna Lucia had and the way that the 
other survivors had, um, you know, in, in the Losties group, just because while Sawyer was kind of indirectly a part of the Ethan thing, as far as like getting the guns and going on a search for a little bit, he didn't, he didn't see the extent of it. He didn't see Charlie hanging from a tree. He didn't see that he wasn't on the manifest. He didn't like, there was just a lot more to the Ethan story that I don't think translated to the rest of the group. So I think it's easy for them to be trusting by saying, Hey, yeah, I was in the plane too, you know, and I've been thrown in this pit too, by these people that look like they're a part of the Island, you know? Um, so I don't think that it's that egregious of an error for them to be so trusting so quickly, but I, but it was an error. Oh yeah, for sure. I also think that when it comes to Sawyer and Michael, uh, and unfortunately Jin is just being dragged along for the ride. Um, I think when it comes to Sawyer and Michael, you also have a, a, a relatively difficult situation because if you look at things statistically with the exception of perhaps Jack, you have, um, two of the most impulsive characters on the island, and you have them together in a pit with, you know, this third person, uh, Anna Lucia, because again, Jin is just being drugged along for this ride because he doesn't speak English, so he kind of really has no, uh, no way to control anything. But you put two of the most impulsive people together in this situation, it's not exactly going, your best of plans are not exactly going to come out. You know, you make a really good point, too, because any time that there was a problem building the raft, it was always because of a problem with Michael and Sawyer. Um, you know, Jin learned how to work with everybody really well, yeah. even though Jin has his own anger problems. And you could see that even when they were trying to get the information out of Jin, they were able to work really well with Jin to get as much information as he knew about it. But if you just put Michael and Sawyer together, you're right. They're an explosive duo that probably shouldn't be in a pit together. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're putting, again, two incredibly impulsive people together. Uh, and it's basically it's it's going to come down to they're not going to cancel each other out. It's going to become who can be more impulsive, like who can act first. Well, Michael has one mission, one, and that's to find, to Walt. find Walt. He doesn't. Yeah. That's all he cared about talking about. Right. He, that's, did you see a boy with them? Did you see a boy, a little boy? He's like 10 years old. They took him. They took him. You know, and Sora's just like, hey, pretty lady, I got a gun. <laughs> it's just, it was like just one of those things. It's, like, okay. it's so funny because every time you you talk about that, my mind goes instantly to the episode of Community that Josh Holloway was in. And it was a paintball episode. And who is he playing? He's playing a cowboy in that episode. Yeah. Well, that sounds right. <laughs> That sounds right. He's playing he's playing the Black Rider, which is this mysterious cowboy in the paintball episode. So every time you go into the hey pretty lady, that's hey, immediately lady. What I go to. Well, it's just he's just so he's so ridiculous in this scene. I mean, even without knowing that he's about to get pistol whipped, you're like, why are you showing your hand right now, buddy? It's so stranger <laughs> it's funny because when i post the podcast i take a i take screenshots and i post them with like the words of everything i'm, yeah. I'm half tempted to take a screenshot of josh holloway from community and make that the image this week and make people be like what the fuck <laughs> was there a mistake here <laughs> i don't remember josh holloway as a cowboy and lost 
<laughs> Just see well, how many people pick up on it. Well, he was. He was a cowboy. <laughs> this was his cow. This was his cowboy moment in a pit with a gun, <laughs> being oh, held God. hostage by bamboo. He's so great in that episode of Community too. It's just he's great in anything he does. He was great in Colony. I know. Let's not get into that. Colony was canceled. Yeah. I was the one that broke the news to the gang. Yep. And I was hated for it. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> I um, hated <laughs> yeah, my number one isn't really anything much of a number one either because we kind of got into most of the, the big issues. Um, but it kind of goes back a little bit again to, to John's flashback uh, and his backstory. And we do get to see Anthony Cooper again. And for a short period of time, you only see him for maybe two minutes in this entire episode. Certainly not the last time you're going to see him in the run of the series. He is... Nope. He's a, a very important character, which sucks because he sucks. Well, and that's the thing. Like you find out in the two minute and a half that to two minutes that he is in this episode, he is a absolutely deplorable person. He is a yeah. horrible, horrible person. Yep. Uh, he's he, about as he's about as bad as it gets. He shows no remorse to the fact that he conned his own son. He doesn't care about John's feelings about anything. He literally like he knows that John is following him. He knows that John is sitting outside his house. He, what's he do? He goes, he gets in his car and tells him, I don't care. Like, you know, you know what it feels like to be conned. Yeah. Whoa. That was cold when he said, you, you act like you're the only person that's ever been conned before. You were conned. Get over it. You're not wanted. Get out of here. And it's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, he whoa. is. He is a horrible person who uh, when he gets uh, not to go into too much detail because we spoil a ton already. But um, when he gets his comeuppings in this series, it's well deserved. Yeah, it is well deserved, and it's not only well deserved be- uh, because of what happens to him; it's well be- well deserved because of who does it. Yep, oh, can't wait for that moment either. Yeah. Let's just watch them all right now. <laughs> I know. Let's just go through and rewatch the whole. <laughs> we'll rewatch the whole series between now and the time we start recording the next episode. That sounds perfect. Let's do it. <laughs> do it right now. <laughs> but yeah, when when he gets his and the person who gives it to him, man, it is justified. It is mm-hmm. very much so justified. Um, but yeah, so that's really the, all I have for my five and, and your five. I don't know if you have any other notes of things that perhaps you wanted to bring up. Um, oh, well, I do want to bring up just a little funny moment just cause I love, I loved it so much when, uh, when Hurley, <laughs> Hurley yes. said to Saeed, ah, things can finally get back to normal around here. <laughs> Kate comes crashing out of the jungle. He's like, oh crap. <laughs> like, he just knows that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Hurley, just just don't say it. Don't put it out there that everything's fine. Yeah. Because that the sky is about to start falling. Well, it's also another moment too when he sees the food when they're looking for the breaker box. And oh, yeah. Kate's like, did, did you, you find, find it? it? Well, uh, depends on what you mean by it. <laughs> he actually like he gets his the his hopes for what the hatch has inside. Yeah. <laughs> he gets it confirmed. He's uh, like, <gasps> poor <laughs> it's, like it's like when uh when Belle sees the the beast's library for the first time. <laughs> that's a great that's a great analogy. 
But you're right. That moment with Kate coming out of the wood, coming out of the forest, the stumbling out of the jungle, going early, just crap, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I like it that he went along for the ride too. Like he goes, I guess I'll go see how this plays out. Like he could have stayed on the beach. <laughs> he's like, he's like, no, you know what? I'm gonna go with you guys. This seems like the right decision. Yeah, I know. Poor Hurley. I, but you know what? I love I love Hugo so much. Like he yeah. he. I we all have our own distinctive characters and it really is tough to pick just one because there are a number of them that I love for different reasons. Mm. I, I probably have like a top three, top four. Funny enough, Jack's not any of them. Um, uh, sorry, Des, but you know, like I, I've, I, I, I know you're not, but you know, like John Locke <laughs> is one of my favorites. Ben is one of my favorites. The dynamic between the two of them is unbelievable. And I think like Hurley and Charlie are just fantastic dynamic characters that Hurley and anybody. I mean, I think that he's just that kind of character because of, because of the way that his character is written and just because of how um, Jorge Garcia plays him. I I just think that he, he makes everybody kind of better around him. And he's another one too, that like I, I started now it, the show is in its ninth season right now, but I'm a big fan of Hawaii Five O, And um, I initially started watching it because I wanted to see what they did with it. Um, I also wanted to start watching it because um, Daniel Day Kim was. That's the reason why I started was because of Daniel Day Kim. If he hadn't been in it, I probably would have passed on it. Do you still watch it or no? I stopped watching it after Daniel Day Kim left. Just okay, so a season and I was and a half real ago. Yeah. pissed that they let him go. But I was also happy to see Terry O'Quinn pop up um, and Jorge yeah, Garcia. But I, you know what? The show is completely different now. I mean, they've got like all new characters. Scott Con is barely on it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just it. I, I feel like they're they're forcing it at this but, point. But like and yeah, like Chai McBride has joined the cast, and you know they there's two new characters. Well, there's yeah, there's two new characters that replaced Daniel Day Kim and the other actress that left. But I was really excited when Jorge Garcia popped up, especially because he popped up in kind of like a um, a supporting cast. Like every once in a while, he would pop up, and he was just a reoccurring role. And now he's a regular character, and. It, it just goes to show you the hor- the personality that he must have as an actual person because all the love that I have for Hurley, I have for his character in Hawaii Five O. Like, he yeah, he's was, a good character on that he, show. I he agree. was this big supporting character. He he went from a reoccurring character to a supporting character who was constantly helping Five O and everything that they did. And it was one of those characters like you're rooting for him the mm-hmm. same way I did for Lost to the point where I was like I. I was constantly been like, all right, he's helped you so many times. Just make it. He wants to be a part of five O give him a badge and make him part of five O to the point when, when that moment finally happens in the series, like you, you have such elation for him Mm -hmm. that like, I just, I love Jorge, Jorge Garcia so much. Yeah. And anybody who isn't watching the show, uh, Hawaii five O just, just check it out. If if for nothing else than to see Jorge Garcia with short hair. Yes, that's true. I forgot about that. He does have he, short hair. He's got some short hair, and he, it completely changes his look. In my opinion, I'm just like, whoa. There's another video I'm going to have to share to the Facebook page, but um, a couple years ago, I, I, and well, it's longer than a couple. It's probably been like eight or nine years at this point. Um, there was a year that Jimmy Fallon was hosting the Emmy Awards. And 
uh, Glee was still really big. Uh, Corey Monteith was was still alive. He had passed away yet. And Jimmy being the musical person that he is, they opened the Emmys with this big Glee type uh, montage of Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen, where they started it with recording and there was a couple members of the cast of Glee in there. And then uh, it was Jimmy Fallon, Tina Fey. And as this montage starts, they're going through the backstage area singing and they end up pulling in different cast members. They end up pulling in. Um, um, oh, God. Um, she was the coach on Glee and um, I can't remember her name, but they they pull her in. They pull in John Hamm. They Jane pull Lynch. Jane Lynch. Yeah, they pull in Jane Lynch. They pull in John Hamm. Um, Betty White has a starring role in it, but one of and they pull in Joel McHale, who I'm a big fan of. But one of the stars that they bring in to do this whole montage with them is Jorge Garcia. And the moment he jumps in and he starts singing, you're like, yes, this is amazing. Simply because Jorge Garcia is in it. Yeah, he's a good guy. But yeah, he uh, he I, he definitely had a, a, my favorite moment of the episode with his his <laughs> crap. oh crap line. I loved it. Um, yeah, the only thing I I mean, we do find out that there is indeed a front door to the to the hatch, uh, which will come into play a little bit later on as well. Uh, the only other thing I can make mention of is. And I looked into it. It doesn't really go that deep. There's not really much to to discover, except that it, it is something that I think comes up two more times throughout the course of the series, is the book Turn of the Screw, in which the orientation video was hidden behind. Uh, I think it's. I think the only other two iterations of it are it's mentioned again uh, a little bit later on in the series. And um, well, all of the books that were in the in the bookshelf um, were all either mystery or undercover agent books, which oh, is directly related to Calvin. Okay. All right. I think the only other, the only, only other tie in I'd mentioned to, I, I, I saw was that one of the main characters of turn of the screw is miles, who is actually uh, the name of a character we're going to meet a little bit later, who is actually related to Dr. Pierre Chang. Which oh, we will find Miles, out later too. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I liked him a lot. Yeah. I like that actor. Yeah, Miles is another fun character that we'll meet a little bit later on too. So, but that's all I really have for for additional notes. Cool. So, uh, before we get into feedback, shall we jump into manifest? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, this episode of Manifest, this is, uh, I should have had this stuff pulled up, uh, but I didn't, which, um, I think the, um, the episode was called Vanishing, Vanishing Point. Point. This is, yeah, the, um, 12th episode of the season. So, and there's 18, so there's six more episodes left. I want to say I went, I started it's so funny because I watched the episode last night and my mom happened to be over and watched it with me because she watches the show too. And she saw a side of me watching this episode she has never seen. And that's a side of me that actually yells at the television. <laughs> um, I was yelling at the television. I wonder if we were yelling at the same time for oh, the same reason. Good God, I hate Grace so much. And as much as I wanted to come around on her character this episode, I didn't. Well, maybe I did a little bit by the end. But 
seriously, it takes your son disappearing for you to finally start listening to your husband about okay, all this. But, he, but she says, okay, okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I, <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. I'm sorry. Because, no, because she goes, why didn't you tell me? Oh my me? God. That, like, was he told that was it. Oh, that was, you. that was he this. Told you. That was, and I don't, what was wrong with, okay. First of all, the writers, uh, do they think we're dumb? Do they think we're dumb? <laughs> Because I'm telling you right now, when when Cal was in the hospital and he's on the brink of death and they're saying, don't give him the medicine because this has to do with this and, and there's something else that's bigger that's going on here. And she says, you know, you need to tell me everything. He tells her everything. And she says, you're ridiculous. And she sends him away. Oh, my and God. She, and then, and then, and then, he said, oh, I'm heated now. And then he, she said, well, you moved out. You kicked him out, you stupid Bitch, you kicked him out of the house. You and I, you we yelled at the, we yelled oh. at the TV at the at the same time. I'm telling Be- you right now, we would have both been yelling next to each other if we watched that because I I was just like, you have got to be kidding me yeah, that this when, is your argument right now. Like I want, I'm just like somebody just you know have her fall down the elevator shaft or something. <laughs> like I'm done with this character. I'm done with the forced forced relationship that these two have. I'm done. She I'm should she should just be done. Drake Remoraid. Yes, <laughs> but you're right. It was that moment in the episode, and it's not. It's only a couple minutes into the episode when she <laughs> when when she when you know she says to him like, "Why didn't you tell me any of this?" And I'm like, "Um, he tried. He tried so many times to tell you about this. You wouldn't fucking listen." No, instead you called your old boyfriend and you and you paraded him around like, "Look what I had to do for five years while you were gone." <laughs> oh my gosh. Ugh. Yes. I totally agree. Yes. I totally agree. A hundred and fifty percent. And now all of a sudden she's on board because of these drawings. Because of and, and she's following the crayon drawings with a like without abandon. Like she's just like, yep, let's do this. This is what we're doing now. And it's like, you know, you you and she's lying to the cop. Oh. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm yep. totally with you. I totally yelled at the television in front of my mother. I was like, uh, hello. Like, he tried telling you what the hell was going on. You wouldn't listen to him. Like, you are being totally ridiculous right now. You should not be on this show anymore. My first note for this episode is <laughs> Ben did try to tell Grace about Cal when he was in the hospital and she was more than dismissive. That's my first note. <laughs> I have like five notes for the whole episode and I'm just like so pissed off. Also, let's talk about something else for a second. Okay. Did you get the distinct feeling that Chevy had sponsored this episode? Uh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> With that shiny new truck that happened to have off-road driving technology and that you had to pull but that you had to click the button to, yes. you know, and they and they made sure that you know, you, you saw the dashboard in and... on. I'm going to click over to off road. Hang on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, so, so this is Danny's truck. Yeah. He's a real outdoorsy guy. <laughs> and it's so funny that for that whole off road chase where they were being chased by the Jeep, every moment that we saw during that chase and afterwards, that truck was still shiny and clean still as ever. <laughs> shiny and clean in, in muddy snow. Yep. 
because we had to keep that truck as pristine as possible to show off our Chevy product. I could just see the director just with his head in his hands going, <laughs> we need to redo this. We need to redo this. Can there's, we wash the truck, please? The wheels, the wheels are dirty. <laughs> Fuck my life. <laughs> I did Hamlet in the park. <laughs> Oh God, but you're right. It's, it's, it, you're right. It's, there's a be- big, uh, Chevy product placement in this entire episode with that truck. Y5O does the same thing. Oh yeah. They do it all the time, but they're, you know what though? I don't care when they do it because they're, they're not nearly as heavy handed as with it as manifest was in one episode. Oh, that was just so funny because when they pulled up to when they pulled up to the cabin and they're, and they get out and they're, they're standing on either side of the truck and you're just like, come on. On man, <laughs> I'm not gonna buy your piece of shit truck. I wouldn't say it's a piece of shit, but uh, watching an episode of Manifest is not going to lead me by the end of that episode, especially with the way that episode ends, which we'll get to. But by the end of that episode, the last thought in my mind is, um, maybe I should go buy a Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> what a great episode! Let's go to the car dealership tomorrow, hun. I mean, I mean, I've seen episodes that have like food product placements that by the end of it i'm like hmm, you know i'm kind of in the mood for a burger maybe i'll go here my last impression the last thing on my mind is "Mm, i think i need to go to the chevy dealership tomorrow you know but you could also say that it is kind of smart from a marketing standpoint because a lot of people stream shows now and so commercials barely matter anymore and so you have to try and market your product how you can. I just hope it doesn't end up being like the Truman Show, you know? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. are you thirsty? Why don't you have a nice glass of Nesquik chocolate milk? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but going, you know, it also what you said with like the director with his hand in his head, uh, you know, with his head in his hands, it's probably one of those moments where it's like, you know what? Okay, I have to put a Chevy product placement in an episode so that people are thinking of Chevy by the end. All right. You know what? Let's put it in this one where the <laughs> yeah. ending is going to leave everybody jaw dropped and being like, yeah, the last thing they're going to be thinking about is Chevy by the end of this. Yeah, man. What an ending. Well, let's not let's let's OK, let's let's talk about the events that lead up to that. I, I kind of said last week when we were talking about this that I didn't think that girl had anything to do with Cal's disappearance. I and. I, it turns out I was actually right. Cal did leave on his own uh, because of a calling that he had. In And I even said it halfway through the episode with my mom here. I was like, you know what? I think he left because he's trying to save someone else. And it turns out that I, I was right in that thinking in that he's he's actually trying to save somebody that not just he had a calling on, but Michaela had a call this is we've seen bits and pieces of this same calling for the past couple episodes and it came to fruition today in that we now know who her calling was about and it turns out cal's calling was about the same person yeah so let's 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 talk about zeke for a second okay so zeke zeke is the uh the hiker that that stumbles into the cabin and, and um, you know, Cal knew that he was coming. He's the guy that's been in the red jacket for the past couple of episodes that is, I guess, linked to Michaela. It's interesting that Michaela has a link to somebody that wasn't on the plane. Um, and it's been 
a year for him in the span of two weeks. So he spent two weeks out there and he lost a year. So I'm led to believe that the amount of time that you're gone is no longer linked to how much time passes. And if that's the case, I think that we're going to see the pilot and the doctor, because both of their names have escaped me right now. I think we're going to see them by the end of this season. Okay. Uh, I don't know how. I, I but it, No, and, and I, I, I could see that. I don't know if I'm necessarily believing that they're going to return. I think they're, I think they're going to leave them a little bit of a mystery. Um, I think they need the doctor for this plot. Well, because what you my, don't think they need that doctor? For no, the plot? and and I think they do now because it, my takeaway from this is that whatever, whatever is happening to these people, whatever occurrence is happening to these people to make them lose time. So, and it's not necessarily Black Lightning, but it does seem like it could be something weather related. We do know that these guys were in a plane. They lost five and a half years because of Black Lightning. They flew through a storm. Dark Lightning. Dark Lightning. He. Black Lightning's a was superhero. In a blizzard. Yeah, was was in a blizzard, and he's in a blizzard. So it, it seems like some extreme weather phenomenon could be a common tie-in between this, and it also seems well, so- that you know the way she's seeing this, the, she's having this calling about him, somebody who wasn't on the plane. I don't think it's limited to the plane anymore. It well, obviously it's not, but whatever phenomenon is causing this connects them all. So I don't think. I think what's really smart about this is this allows them now to expand on characters outside of the plane because they've already done it with one. I think there's going to be a strong possibility that whatever phenomenon this is, that by the end of this season, it's going to be opened up to so many other people because we're going to find out that this has happened to other people. Okay, so... So then you think that Zeke is for real? I think Zeke that is for gonna real. That was going to be my next question. I think Zeke is real. I think whatever I think whatever happened to him it really happened. I don't think he's faking this at all. Cuz I don't think they would have had a calling on him if they were. Unless it was a test of this collective consciousness that everybody's been talking about. That 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 could be that could be the case, but I no, I'm I believe that what happened to him is real. You're going to believe it at face value that this is this is the up and up. Until I have a reason to believe otherwise, yes. I think the entire season is a reason to believe otherwise, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm actually taking this for what it is and I I I'm trusting in Zeke and I think that this has really happened to him. Because okay. that's that's for somebody to fake that as a test that's asking a lot of one person to be left close to death in a blizzard. I understand that. I also know that they are very careless with autumn. Well, but autumn, they also had leverage. Yeah. That we found out about. So you think they could possibly number of episodes later? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's all angles, right? Um, I don't, and in stories like this, in, in shows like this, I generally go in thinking everybody is a uh, an enemy or a villain. I, maybe it's just 
I've seen too many effed up shows in the past with too many plot twists that I can no longer just watch a show and take <laughs> take what they're giving me at face value anymore. And it 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 you know you watch a couple seasons of Westworld, and and all of a sudden you're like, I don't know what I believe anymore. I got to be honest. Yeah. Um. Westworld's but, one of those ones where it, yeah, nobody is as they seem. But as you know, to to come in on on the very last little moment or the very last little plot twist of this um, episode, we see the major for the first time, and she says that she's been running point for twenty two years. So whatever's going on, this is a project that has been happening for a really long time. So who knows how many people have gone through how many time holes and um, like really how big that net is cast. Well, that's what I mean. I think by the end of the season, we're going to be introduced to other people that this has happened to. I think we're right. going to, I think we're going to have people. Coming, if people are coming back, are they being used as leverage for other people who are starting to wonder why what has happened to them has happened? And is it that maybe Flight 828 was such a huge error on somebody's part because so many people were involved in a flight disappearing by accident that now it's all cover up to try and just um, basically do damage control everything happening to flight 828 made it made a secret project public right exactly and maybe that's what it is is that they're going to find out that this is something that's been going on in small increments and then somebody probably messed up somewhere and 190 people uh very famously disappear for five and a half years and now it's kind of this is all the fallout of that all right. And I mean, are they? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. No, I mean, I can I can see it from your perspective too. I for right now, I'm just taking things at face value. Maybe I'm a little too trusting in that sense, but I, you know, that's okay. You can be John Locke, and I'll be Jack. <laughs> but Jack is the worst. He is. So maybe I'm the worst. Maybe <laughs> what I'm saying is wrong. <laughs> just like Jack. Oh God. Sorry, Des. Um, this is the link between Lost and Manifest. <laughs> well, I mean, and it is, and it's, it's, it's. That's one of the reasons why we started covering it on here, spending a couple minutes on it, was because we saw some similarities. We're starting to see even more similarities as the show goes on. But I will tell you, uh, two weeks ago when we said we weren't thrilled with the return from the midseason, oh, I'm totally sucked back in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I oh, think yeah. I think you, I'm sucked that back in. Episode was a fluke. Uh, yeah, I think I'm more sucked into the show now after last night than I was during the first half. Yeah, okay. In these I, last I, two I, episodes. I well, last night I I went to watch it and I knew that it was the end of the night and I probably wouldn't make it through it. And so I said, you know what? I really want to watch this, but I'm going to wait until I'm fresh for it. And Whereas probably two weeks ago, I would have been like, I'll just watch it if I don't get through it, whatever. But yeah, this week I really wanted to watch it. And I just reading the synopsis of what it was going to be about, that, that kind of hooked me in as well. Yeah, I'm it's it's one of those shows that like when I when I record podcasts and I think you do the same thing, too. Like I if I'm going to be podcasting on a show, I watch the episode as close to recording time as possible because I want it to be fresh in my head. Mm-hmm. So I'll watch Lost earlier in the week just to get the fan view out of the way, and then I'll watch it again. Like I watched, I we're recording on a Thursday morning. I actually watched Lost this morning 
before. I did too. Yeah. So, and Manifest I watched last night because I want everything to be as fresh in my head as possible. I watched both this morning. Did you? Mm-hmm. Like, God damn, man, this episode of Manifest was so good. I'm sucked yeah, back it into was it. Fun. And again, if if you're a fan of Lost, and there's a reason why we, we talk about this on the podcast, and it's because if you were a fan of Lost, we think you'll probably be a fan of the show too, like we are. Yeah, just, you know, the mid-season premiere is garbage. Watch it, but just kind of... Just know it's garbage. Just know it's not that great. But just yeah. know that by the next episode, it gets so much better again. Yeah, they go back to their original plan. Yeah, which is what they should have done. Yeah. So, uh, All right. We have some feedback that we have to talk about. But before we do that, we want to encourage you guys to, of course, leave us feedback on these episodes, whether it be Lost, Manifest, or anything in general that you just want to talk to us about. We don't really mind. Uh, but there are multiple ways that you can do that and contact us. Uh, first off, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lostrevisited. We're on Instagram at lostrevisitedpod. You can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com. And if you want to leave us a message, you can record yourself and you can send it to our email address or on Messenger. If you have our phone number, you can send it to us there. (laughs) You say that every week and I'm not giving out my phone number. (laughs) Yeah, but some like some people do have our phone numbers that listen to this. That's true. There is truth to that. All right. I'll give you that. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so many ways. If you wanna if you wanna leave us a voicemail, you can do so on our actual voicemail. Do it. Yeah, but I don't know how to rip that from my phone to play it on the podcast. <laughs> so let's not do that. <laughs> if you have our voicemail, use it for something other than lost feedback. Oh yeah, then I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna listen to it. I have like <laughs> fifty voicemails on my on my phone. Yeah, just text it to me. It'll be fine. I can retype it. Um so yeah, so um, we encourage you guys to leave us feedback, any opportunity that you guys have. So uh, let's jump into some of the feedback that we do have. Of course, our buddy Steve leaves us feedback every week, and this week is no exception. He has sent us feedback both on orientation for Lost and, of course, for Manifest. So let's kick off. You know what? I'm going to change things up. Let's play Dez's first. Okay, but yeah. oh, okay, hang on. Oh. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, I forgot I'm not going to listen to it through this thing. Uh, oh, well, you're still gearing up. It's fine. Um, so let's play Des, let Des's email first, and we will play that now. Hey, guys. So, orientation. This is one of my favorite episodes. Once you get past, you know, John Locke whining about his daddy issues and discounting the pain of others in their support group and trying to sneak out after sex... It's a really good episode, so we'll just like ignore John Locke because we all know he's the worst. Uh, anyway, um, it was funny the the book that they have the vi- the uh, start to say videotape, but that's not right. The film reel behind Turn of the Screw. Uh, the Turn of the Screw is a- it's actually a, a ghost story from 1898, um, but it kind of goes along with this because you don't know if it's really a ghost story or if it's just a a story about crazy people. So it kind of goes along with whether the uh, numbers are real or not. And my phone is screwing up. Okay, here we go. Um, 
And also, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Others, which I love with uh, Nicole Kidman. It's it's loosely based on The Turn of the Screw. But it also features Fiona Flanagan, if I'm saying her name right, who later will play Eloise Hawking on Lost. So there's a big old connection there as well. Uh, this episode was the... F- you got to see the first look between Michael and Echo, which if you were an Oz fan from HBO back in the day, you kind of get a chuckle out of that because they played Adebisi in August. And if you've never watched Oz, you've got to find it. You've got to watch it. As long as you can handle a lot of gay rape scenes, you'll be okay. Um, they kind of give you an explanation about the polar bear on the island. I mean, they don't explicitly say that's why he's out there in the wild, but you see the picture of him while they're talking about all the different kinds of research they're doing. And it was also the first appearance of Pierre Chang, although with an alias. And if you think that they did not have this series planned out, just watch Pierre Chang and watch his hands. Enough said. Okay, well, love you guys. I'll talk to you later. Oh, Manifest, love this episode, but I fell asleep for the last 10 minutes and I don't have time to go back and watch it. So I'll just have to listen to you guys to find out what happened at the end. Bye. Um. Okay, uh, starting off first with that Manifest thing. Uh, sucks to be you, dude. Like, you need to go back and rewatch the last... You missed the, the last... episode. <laughs> you missed... <laughs> you missed pretty much the biggest part of that entire episode by falling asleep in the last 10 minutes. Just go back and watch the last <laughs> 10 minutes, Des. <laughs> like, y- you missed a quarter of the episode, technically, in the last 10 minutes. Like, oh, that's really funny. Everything that was leading up, everything that was happening in that episode pays off in the end. I mean, we talked a little bit about it anyway, but, like, yeah, Des, go back and rewatch it. Um, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch Orientation again because I didn't pick up anything on Pierre Chang's hands. He, it looks like he has um, one arm. Hmm. It looks like he has a prosthetic. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and look at, look at that again because that's, I didn't pick up on anything. Uh, so now that's an interesting fact, though. I'm going to have to go back and, and watch that. I liked knowing about Turn of the Screw. Yeah, they're, uh, going a little bit deeper into in, into that and how it was a ghost story and everything. That was uh, that was an interesting fact, too, especially the connection with the actress that ends up playing Eloise, uh, having mm-hmm. been in The Others. Because I did know that The Others was a, was a um, kind of uh, ad- adaptation of Turn of the Screw. So it's been years since I've seen that movie. I've never seen it. No, and a, I've never seen Oz, mainly because of the The gay rape, rape scenes? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> because, okay, here's, I love Christopher Milani. I love, I stopped watching SVU after Stabler left. Um, and I heard that he just plays this really icky guy. And I just didn't want to see him in that light. So I never saw it. And I knew it was a fantastic show. But I'm like, I can't. I can't do it. He's Stabler. He's Elliot Stabler. And he needs to stay Elliot Stabler, Stabler in my head forever. Uh, yeah, I've, I've never watched Oz either. I've heard it's fantastic. Um, that and Deadwood are two series that I've heard. Uh, have yeah, been- I started watching Deadwood. Yeah, they're two series that have been highly recommended to me a number of times. That's uh, what we should do since we both have never seen it. We should do a podcast on that. Ooh, maybe when we're done Especially with Lost. Especially since there's going to be a Deadwood movie. Well, if if we're going to, because we were talking about what to do with this after we finish with Lost. 
um, keeping it as we have to go back, but changing up the series that we do. Um, maybe one of those two shows could be the ones that we do. Maybe Deadwood would be the one we jump into next. I don't want to do Lost. Or I don't want to do Oz. No, well, that's why I changed it to <laughs> okay. Deadwood. That's why I said Deadwood. Because <laughs> I've never seen it. You've never seen it. It'll be an interesting take for us to do this with a show that we've never seen. Yeah, it would be fun. So, all right. So maybe Deadwood would be the next show that we do. All right. We have to go back. Deadwood revisited. <laughs> kind of. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, because we're not revisiting. Visited. Deadwood visited. Well, <laughs> it'll be a revisit visiting. for other people, just not yeah. for us. They'll so. probably be like, oh, just will you wait till you see blah, blah. <laughs> be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to have to actually screen our uh, our feedback at that point before we play it so that there's no spoilers for us. Yeah. No, no, we'll have to have somebody else screen it for us. So that if there's, we'll, we'll just tell people, exactly. please don't put spoilers in your feedback. Or do, I don't care. I, whatever. whatever. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So we, of course, do have uh, two more feedbacks to play uh, from our buddy Steve. So let's go ahead and play the one for orientation now. Hello, Kristen and Ben. It's Steve. And just uh, finished watching orientation. And there was so much in this episode that's like just, gosh, I mean, it's just full of so much stuff. I got a lot of notes, but I'm going to try to not make this go too long. Um, I do want to admit, though, again, and I've admitted this before, that it's amazing to me that I didn't understand how much they had planned out uh, at the beginning and, and how they had this this uh, planned out or, or, or the whole show really mapped out. Uh, it does bring up a question, though, from the trivia said that Desmond's character was not originally going to be as pivotal in the show as he ends up being. So it is interesting that they were willing to change on the fly when they saw how uh, the viewers responded to him. I uh, think Katie Seagal uh, may be my favorite flashback character of all, and Locke's father might be my uh, worst, uh, even though we see him in the series later. I loved Hurley's, uh, it's about time things are finally returning to normal. Oh crap. Um, was, uh, was great. And John losing it, uh, in, in the hatch there, it was really well played by Terry O'Quinn. I really liked how he played that. We just saw this kind of disintegration of him. And I think that's a pivotal reason why he basically forces Jack to push the button there at the end because he needed a win. He needed somebody to believe along with him. And it's interesting that Jack reveals a lot about himself and a lot of vulnerability there to Desmond, but he's still just the worst. And uh, finally, I loved Saeed in this episode. Uh, one of the, my favorite things about Saeed is he's always doing what needs to be done and just kind of showing up there. And he's willing to fix the computer, even though he doesn't know why. And he tells Lock, well, I'll fix it, and then you can tell me why. And, uh, again, just loved Hurley in this episode. You can see how uh, when Locke says the wrong number, how he's going to let him put it into the machine. But then when Jack comes in and gives the correct number, uh, his face kind of falls, and he's just like, ah, and he realizes how these numbers are going to affect his life. Talk to you later. Yeah, and, you thanks, know, Steve. Yeah, it's it's interesting, too. Thanks, Steve. It's... It, <laughs> Steve is always one of those people that I, I like. I enjoy getting feedback from from everybody, but Steve is one of those people that he was 
he was a firm believer before we started this podcast that while he enjoyed Lost, he felt that the show didn't know where they were going. And we've kind of turned him around on that in, you know, telling him like, no, these guys had a plan. And now that you go back and you rewatch it, you listen to our breakdowns and everything else, like he's starting to realize, and he even mentions it in this feedback. Uh, yeah, I like I believe now these guys knew exactly what they were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so if Steve can be turned around on that, I think anybody really could. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think there were there were moments they probably lost their footing a little bit and they kind of had to make stuff up as they went. I, I've talked about, you know, the whole polar bear Walt, you know, Walt's powers dynamic. And I think things had they to be had changed. to think fast with Walt. Walt went through puberty. They had to do something. He, he wasn't going to stay a kid long enough, probably for their story to play out the way that they wanted it to. Yeah. You know, but it's it's one of those things that when, you know, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cruz decided at the end of season six, we were going to we were going to put an end to this. I think that was a plan. Like they knew where they were going with. They knew the story that they wanted to tell. Sure, they didn't have all the notes in the in the symphony written, but they knew the story they were going to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, from the incident being mentioned in this that doesn't happen until season six, they would not have put that incident in there if they did not know that they had a plan for it. And uh, like, if Steve can be brought around, I firmly believe anybody can. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like <laughs> I, he mentioned something else that we didn't bring up to, and that was when Locke was going to put the wrong number in. He was going to put in thirty-two instead of forty-two. Early was like, uh, no, you know what? Go ahead. I want to see what happens. <laughs> Let's let this one play Let's out. Let this one play out. Uh, probably best that they didn't do that. Yeah. Because things that happened at the end of this season would would have happened a lot sooner. So. Yes, absolutely. So, but uh, but thanks, Steve. It's always great when we get his. Uh, I love his feedback, his and it's and. Go ahead. I was going to say, and uh, he is uh, covering Punisher season two right now yeah. on his on his podcast, Panels to Pixels, on your network, right? Yep, yep. Him and Mark just jumped into, they just did an uh, Avengers Infinity War review uh, last week. This week, they put up their first episode of episodes one and two of Punisher season two. Yeah, I, I hope I got my feedback out in time. I haven't even started watching the series yet. Oh, it's. So good. I heard it is. I heard it's even. I heard it's tonally a little different, better, different than season one, but in many ways it's better than season one. So good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so hard to only watch one episode a night because we're spacing it out because we just don't want it to be over immediately. And um, especially since man, it might be the Netflix, last season. Netflix, do me a favor. Netflix, <laughs> release your seasons week by week. Just do it, just ple- <laughs> or or half. And then half, like, let us, because look, man, a lot of people will spend an entire 13 hours and watch the whole thing. And then all of a sudden you got to stay off of social media because you don't want to get spoiled and then people get pissed. So why don't you, you know, help those that can't help themselves? I, um, I, I binged, I've never binged a series in one entire sitting until Stranger Things. I was going to say Stranger Things. Yep. Yeah, that's where people been that I think that Stranger Things kind of caused caused that. Well, I mean binging was always a thing, but yeah, but doing it in the straight 12 to 13 hours was 
Um, I did it for season one. I did it for season two. I've never done it for any other series other than Stranger Things. Um, Haunting of Hill House came close. I did that in about two sittings. But and I know that's one. I know you can't watch it. <laughs> so, um, but it's fun too that both Steve and Des both agreed at, that. And and I said this in the beginning too. This is just a fantastic orientation. Is just such a great episode. Mm-hmm, of Lost. I there's, agree. There's so much that happens. Lots of complexities. We're gonna need to watch that again. <laughs> so, uh, but I think that's gonna wrap it up for this week. We, we actually also have. Vanishing point. Oh crap! You're right. We have one more. <laughs> we have one more feedback from Steve on manifest. So let's go ahead and play that one now. Hello, Ben and Christian. This is Steve from Oklahoma, and just uh, wanted to throw a couple quick thoughts about this week's manifest. Vanishing point. Uh, I loved it. I, I love the the mystery that this show is getting back to, and now adding even more mystery to it. I, I do want to caution one thing. I hope they don't get too deep into this mystery without giving us some sort of inkling of it, you know, some sort of um, sort of at least a little bit of a glimpse of what's going on, maybe whether it's it's a natural phenomenon or or something like that. I hope they they don't just leave us completely hanging at the end of this season and uh, can't wait to see what happens next week with the the lightning and uh, from the preview and uh, just uh, and I hate to say you guys might disagree, but I'm starting to to like Grace a little bit now. At least she's on board with the mystery. Um, thanks. Talk to you later. Well, somebody should like her. <laughs> if neither if, if neither one of us are going to like her, yeah, somebody should. It's only fair. Somebody should like her. I mean, it, I guess. You know, I mean, bleh. don't get me wrong. I'm happy she's finally coming around and she's starting to believe that everything is happening. But the damage has been done on this character already to me. Like, I, you've done so much to make me dislike her that it's it's going to take more than one episode for me to begin to like her. It, it's not yeah. going to turn around in a matter of 20 minutes. It's you know what it's gonna have to take something drastic because or, or the writers are gonna just have to get better at their jobs because the fact that she's like why didn't you tell me and then and then uh, what's his name Ben is just like I wanted to protect you I'm like bitch look look you did tell her you told her so I don't know why we're all deciding to collectively disregard the hospital episode but I don't forget it. Well, you know, you know what I think it's going to take for me is I think we need to see, I think I need to see Grace willing to sacrifice something for the sake of the mission, the same way Ben has done and Michaela, the same way they have done a number of times already. Cal okay, has shown so maybe she could sacrifice her side piece. Well, yeah, uh, but I mean, like you look at the like, everything as a whole. Cal has sacrificed more than Grace has when it comes to this situation. He was willing to leave his own home, go up to this cabin, find his way to the cabin, and sit there in the cold waiting for someone he's never met before for the sake of everything that is going on. Cal has done more than Grace has. I I need to see more from Grace before I'm going to be it it's going to take more than her just understanding what's going on or believing what's going on. I need to see her contribute now. And that's my piece on Grace. Good for you. <laughs> Sometimes your comments come across like you're a jerk. 
Oh me? Oh, I'm sorry. I I just that that's just I'm so sorry. I, that's <laughs> no, just I'm me kidding. Saying, I'm that's totally just me kidding. Saying like it's going to take a lot more than that. I mean, she's just I. A lot of it, I think, is just um, me mad that the writers have insulted um, their viewers' intelligence. And you know what? Like, even though. I know we're getting back on Manifest again, too, but like it, we joked about the whole Chevy product placement thing. Um, did it have to be Danny's truck? Like you, you still found a way to mention Danny. Like, can we just get an episode without Danny mentioned at all? Well, not to mention, Michaela, if you want them to go incognito and borrow a car, why don't you give them something from the impound lot instead of a car that is directly related to one of Cal's, um, to Cal's mother. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, that's not a hard stretch. I mean, and if you were really, if, if you really wanted to make me happy by making sure you knew, everybody as the audience knew that it was Danny's truck, um, have the truck somehow damaged or destroyed at the end. Like, let's see something, right. pre- let's see something bad happen to Danny's precious truck. He's he's real outdoorsy. <laughs> exactly. So drive it <laughs> off a cliff. He's so outdoorsy that he's never used this truck. <laughs> that it's so shiny and pristine. <laughs> total, total apologies to anyone from Chevy if they happen to listen to this podcast. I actually do like your trucks. We're just making fun of Danny, not your truck. Although we did poke fun at the truck a little bit. Kind of making fun of your truck. Yeah, kind of making fun. Of, sorry. <laughs> We've just sealed the fact that we will never get product placement from Chevy on our podcast. Oh, I'm okay. Okay with it. I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, so that is actually going to wrap it up. Uh, we went really, we went longer than we usually do this week, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, that was it was fun. Um, we went off the rails a couple times. Apologies yeah. for anybody that got annoyed with us. Yeah, I don't apologize at all. If you're still listening, I guess that's that's a good thing. <laughs> Um, so last but not least, before we go, we, uh, of course, want to encourage you guys to listen to the other podcasts on both the Podcastica and Next Level Podcast Network. We mentioned Panels to Pixels, which is, uh, hosted by Mark Kirk, our friend Mark Kirkman and Steve Brown, who leaves us feedback every week. They're currently in their run of Punisher season two. Uh, my DC primetime podcast is now getting back to the DC shows on the Arrowverse because we, uh, the, the shows are returning. They've all come back this week. And I know you are still, are you back to, are you actually at one episode a week now with House Podcastica or not yet? Yes, we are <laughs> at one a week. So we just, I just finished recording The Door, season six, episode five, and that should be out hopefully by the end of this week. And then um, I record on Sunday for the next episode and I will let it out next week and once a week after that i'm very excited yeah i think you timed it pretty well because season eight april 14th is when the show is returning it's timed out exactly as it should be and so it's so nice that it's kind of i don't have to do two episodes a week anymore um you know which made it three podcast recordings a week and it was just um and it was during the holidays, so it, it's it's nice. Yeah, I know. I know it was over. kind of. I know it was stressful. Yeah, but you know what? You. It's fun. Yeah, that's all right. Um, I get to talk about my favorite shows. I mean, it, how stressful can that really be? This is true. This is very true. I know. Uh, I've seen some recent postings in a group um, about 
the I'm not going to call anybody out, but there was a, a particular person who posted about comparisons to uh, the number of episodes of Lost to the current number of episodes of The Walking Dead. And it has led to some interesting conversations. Yeah, in I just comment. read that thread today. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> I was like, I don't really understand what any of this is. So I just abandoned it and I shrugged my shoulders. <laughs> I think I, I think I, one of the comments I had initially made was um, about how Lost was still good by the end and Walking Dead is kind of diminished a little bit at this point. But I think that's up to opinion. Some people still think that's one of the best shows on television. Um, I think it's up Walking there. Walking Dead? Yeah, I'm one of them. I, I think it's up there. I don't think it's one of the best shows on television anymore. I still enjoy it. But I don't. I almost gave up on it after the season, before the season started. Yeah, it's a good season so far. So far this season, yeah, this this season's brought me back around. I still think there are many, many other great television shows out there. Um, New Amsterdam is one of my favorites right now. Uh, completely different uh, tone, but uh, the Orville, I absolutely fucking love. Um, which I would love to podcast about that too, but I need to make sure it's going to get a third season before I jump into that. Because otherwise, that'll be a short podcast. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Next week, we are going to talk about uh, Everybody Hates Hugo, which is just another fun episode uh, to talk about because Hurley's one of our favorite characters and it's a big focus on Hurley next week. Agreed. So, and of course, Manifest, which we'll talk about the next episode, hopefully. I haven't watched the previews for next week. I tend to stay away from promos for following weeks, so I don't know what, what Steve brought up. I don't even know what they're doing next week. Yeah, I don't either. That I, I, You know me. I don't watch anything. Yeah. <laughs> I go in blind to everything. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I'm doing it for I'm, I'm doing it for a lot of things, too. I'm going into um, with the exception of the trailer, the first trailer that I already released. I'm going into the next uh, Avengers movie completely blind. Um, I'm going into Game of Thrones as blind as possible. I'm yeah, I, I, I like to do that now too. add some of the mystery. It's fun. Yeah. It's uh, like the 80s. <laughs> yeah. When we didn't have social media and you didn't know a damn thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, but that's going to wrap it up. So next week we'll talk about another episode of Lost and Manifest. But until that time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back.